Welcome to the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Debick, the founder of Life Coaching with Lauren, a female empowerment coach, an entrepreneur, empath, and a lover of the ego-friendly lifestyle. My mission is to help women take control of their lives by teaching them how to increase their confidence in an authentic and genuine way so they can achieve both personal and professional goals. I will share ways to increase your confidence, tips on how to integrate grace into your life, as well as stories and advice from other experts on how, as women, we can better empower ourselves and those around us. I will show you exactly how to use the power of confidence and grace to create an empowering and invigorating life that you are excited about waking up to every single day. Now, let's dive in. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I'd like to give a quick shout out to my patrons, Waslos, Britton, Barbie, Glenda, and Lisa. Your support makes this creative project possible. Thank you so very much. If you're passionate about helping words of encouragement and inspiration get out to a larger group of people, I would encourage you to consider becoming a patron of the Graceful Confidence Podcast. The link can be found in my show notes and it is also on my Instagram account. One of my favorite parts about being the host of a podcast like this is I get to listen to some truly remarkable stories, and this month's guest is no exception. Kelly Cussman is the owner, designer, and vision behind Kayla Gray. She started her career in fragrance buying for a major department store where she engaged with both established and niche brands, falling in love with the distinctive nature of scents and their ability to make memories tangible. After more than a decade in traditional retail, Kelly ultimately found that the surest road to success would involve following her own unique path. She eventually relocated to Phoenix, Arizona and began the journey to start a new business venture and grow her family. In 2017, she faced the tragic loss of her first baby, who she planned to call Kayla Gray. After struggling with another ectopic pregnancy, Kelly wanted to create a legacy that not only honored the beauty and heartbreak of this bittersweet experience, but also fueled her personal passion for fragrance. From this desire, the Kayla Gray Collection was born. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to chat with you today. So can you tell us the story behind Kayla Gray? Absolutely. Um, Let's see, I was born and raised in Wisconsin. I've always been a little bit beauty obsessed. I would pour over fashion and beauty magazines in my teens. Uh, I would, I just, I remember always waiting until the fall issues came out because that was when like the best of fashion and the best of beauty articles would always come out. Um, So naturally when I started my career, I started in fragrance buying almost 17 years ago and I was so excited. It was like my dream job at the time. And I remember being so fascinated with how deeply personal fragrance was um, to an individual, both in its Uh, ability to evoke emotion, but also it also encouraged like a tangible connection between past experiences. Uh, For me, the connection between scent and memory is so incredibly strong. There's so many times when I've smelled something that has literally transported me back to a specific moment in time. Um, Or how many times have you smelled something that just reminds you of somebody else. And so I always wanted to start my own beauty business and fragrance just naturally seemed to be the thing that Um, I would want to do. I really wanted to bottle that feeling and um, create memories so that when people are wearing a fragrance, they're really feeling something. Um, But as I moved throughout my career in retail, it was hard to walk away from a steady paycheck and a steady job to be an entrepreneur and do your own thing. It's a very, very scary leap to take. Um, But I actually ended up moving to Arizona in 2010 for a new job and met my husband a few years later. 
um, we got married and wanted to expand our family. I have two amazing stepsons, but we wanted to try for babies of our own. And in 2017, I actually suffered from a ruptured ectopic pregnancy. And uh, that day almost lost my life as well as lost our baby. Um, it happened again in 2018. And it was after those two moments and a lot of therapy that I knew it was time to start my dream business, that life is guaranteed every moment is one to be grateful for and not take for granted and so I started working on my new business started taking perfumery classes um, like I said earlier I always knew it was always in my heart to do something with fragrance and so um, I wanted to start a luxury clean fragrance line and name the company Kayla Gray because it was going to be the name of our first baby that we lost um, I really wanted a way to honor that heartbreak that we went through by creating products that created new memories for other people you have given me goosebumps. What, what a powerful story. And you said it so eloquently, and I'm sure you've told this story hundreds, if not thousands of times, but oh my goodness, what, what a beautiful thing to come from such a tragic, tragic situation. Can you, can you walk us a little bit through some of, some of those hard times? Um, because on the, the back end, you did have the opportunity to create this beautiful, product, something that spoke to your soul, but how did you work through some of those, some of those tougher times? Uh, I think for me, I, after the loss of the, after the second ectopic pregnancy, I really fell into um, quite a depression. Um, and, you know, it, it was, I just found myself moving through my days and I was a bit numb to everything around me, whether it was a joyous thing or whether it was something sad, I was literally just moving through my days, not observing, seeing, feeling, it, just not even seeing anything that was around me. And so for me, it was really important to get a good support system around me. Um, I had my husband who was incredibly supportive, but I knew I needed somebody, I knew I needed more. I needed somebody professional. And so I started to go and see a therapist to help me understand why I was feeling the way that I was feeling and to help kind of pull me out of that depression in order for me to kind of see above the pain and kind of work through all of the emotions that I was feeling about the situation and help me, for me, I needed to see things a little bit clearer than I was able to um, when I was by myself. And so that was, that was extremely important for me to get professional help uh, with the therapy to make sure that I was able to process all of the emotions of all the heartbreak that we had gone through. I think it's so important for people not even just women, but people to normalize therapy because everyone goes through hard things. Everyone goes through, you know, just it's life, but being able to openly talk about therapy and some of those treatment options is so important. So we can get rid of that stigma. So thank you so much for sharing that. What role do you think pain or loss plays in the creative process? Did you experience any, any of that going through your journey? Yeah, a ton of it. I think for me, I was, like I said, I was really lost after losing two babies um, and then actually almost losing my own life. And so when I was in that depression, I knew that I needed to work on something. Um, I needed to put my energy, my heart and my soul into something to both kind of give life back into the things that were really important to me. Um, and so I started to work on Kayla Gray kind of a, as a way to honor that time to create something beautiful that I could put out into the world to kind of help me process. Um, my husband told me I got my spark back when I started to work on it and, and worked through the launch process and everything. It really brought the old me back um, and actually brought a better version of me back, a more empathetic version, a stronger version, a more resilient version. And, you know, going back to what you were saying about normalizing therapy, I think 
I think the thing that there is a stigma around therapy, you know, and the fact that somebody needs therapy means that some people see it as a sign of weakness. But I think what I have learned through, uh, you know, 20 years of therapy that I've been through in my entire life is that it actually helps you move and process quicker than if you were doing it on your own. Um, and so for me, you know, always, I'm, a, I'm very type A and to be very efficient, you know, going to therapy, processing, moving, moving on with my life and just, you know, grieving in a very healthy way was important to me. And so I think exactly, you're exactly right. Removing that stigma around therapy and actually, you know, some of the most healthy people I've ever met in my entire life have spent their entire life in therapy. Um, and so I think it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I love that perspective of it. And as a fellow type A'er, I can see the draw in and having been through therapy myself, um, I need to get there faster. I need something that's efficient and effective. This is a solution to whatever I'm going through. So I'm going to move forward with this. Um, Yeah. It's not a sign of weakness. I, I firmly believe it's a sign of strength, someone who can come to that realization and then take action. So that's, that's fantastic. I know you mentioned scents were important to you prior to all of this. When you were going through this time, how did you decide that that this creative project would focus on scents? Um, like I had mentioned, fragrance has always been a huge passion of mine. The way that a scent changes on one person to the next has always been really interesting to me. The way that a smell can literally transport you back to a person, a moment in time could bring a memory back so strongly, it almost seems like you're there. Um, the way that a scent can stop you in your tracks. Like I always walk around our neighborhood, especially in spring and smell the blooming orange blossoms. It's just like, I literally stop and just sit there and smell it. It's just so beautiful. And so to be able to create a product that is so deeply personal to someone was really appealing to me. And it, like I said, it had for, I, I think because I grew up in Wisconsin and was literally out in nature all of the time, like there are such beautiful scents out there. And so for me to smell things like a lilac plant or, you know, and to like literally be brought back to a moment with my grandma in my childhood, like it's just so beautiful. Um, and so I really wanted uh, to create products that helped other people create memories that they were able to relive just by smelling something really beautiful. I shared with you that I recently did purchase your, your discovery pack with the four sample scents. And I have decided on my favorite scent and the memories that it will create. How did you go about deciding because it is personal. So are those memories, something that's personal to you and how, how does that process kind of work for other people? It is so interesting to me. It really is. So I created four different scents, one to kind of designate the different seasons that we're in. Um, and petals to me was just, I've spent my entire life like combining different scents. And I really wanted to create a floral that smelled like fresh laundry to me um, because it brought me back to me creating different, you know, different scents for myself. Water, I created, um, I take two alone trips every year and it usually is somewhere towards the beach and water is just like, it just signifies like renewed spirit, renewed energy to me. It's just fresh and clean and beautiful. And so creating water for me was a way for me to constantly relive those beautiful alone trips that I get to take every year. Fall was cozy. So I created cozy because it reminded me of snuggling up as soon as like the leaves were changing and me running around in forests and, you know, discovering all of the new things as, um, you know, the earth kind of changes seasons. And then hearth for me, uh, again, was very deeply personal. It reminded me of my dad uh, building bonfires in our backyard in the middle of winters, in the middle of snow. And so it's what's been very cool for me is to see other people 
creating new memories with our sense. Like I've over, last Christmas, we launched on Black Friday of 2020. Um, and over the holiday season, so many people would send me photographs of them lighting our candles or using our fragrances with their, around their families, around their Christmas trees. And so even though my fragrances were created based off of my memories, I'm now creating memories for other people. And so it is, it's just such a, a such a deeply personal thing, fragrances. And I think it's just, it's so exciting to see that kind of live on through others. I want to go back to something you mentioned. You mentioned alone trips. What is an alone trip? <laughs> so I remember going through, like for me, our days are so busy. And after, um, I, one thing that has always been very important to me is kind of spending time by myself, kind of grounding myself back to who I am, who my core values are, giving myself time to process, to journal, to just be alone in my own head. I think we rush through our days so quickly that sometimes we don't take a moment to kind of gut check with ourselves. How are you doing? Like, are you getting everything that you need? What do you need to change in your life? Are you happy? Like, what are the things that you're looking forward to doing? What do you want to do more? What do you think that needs to be kind of cut back a little bit to make sure that you are healthy and happy in your own life for yourself so that you can be that person for other people? And for me, I take two trips every single year. It's usually two weekends of the year. Um, and I travel to different places and I just spend time alone. I read books, I journal, I go for walks. I go out to dinner, I have a beautiful glass of wine sitting outside by myself, just listening to the beautiful sounds around me. Um, I think it, for me, it's just a way to kind of come back to myself. Um, you know, especially as women, I think we're, we give so much to other people all of the time that sometimes we lose ourselves in the giving. And for me, it's very, very, very important to make sure that I'm giving to myself as much as I'm giving to others. I love this concept. And I think after speaking to many clients who struggle with things like this, a whole weekend away, let alone two a year would be very scary, very, very yeah. beneficial, but scary. If someone wanted to kind of test the waters to, to just see what this is like, what would you recommend they first do? So my first one, I literally did like five miles away from my house. And so I kind of knew the area I, you know, as a woman, sometimes you feel a little bit unsafe in places that you don't know very well. And so I started small, you know, started literally went to a resort down the street. And but even though I was five miles away, it was just a way for me to mentally check out and take myself away from, you know, my home space and kind of give me that free range to kind of think freely um, a little bit. So I would say start, start with just one night away, try to go somewhere close to home so that, you know, if it it just doesn't feel right, you can always go back home, but uh, I guarantee you're going to love it. You're going to want to continue to do them once or twice a year. I love that. It, it is so important. We, especially like you said, as women give so much and pour out ourselves to everyone that we really do need to take the time for us and to fill that cup back up. So I love that you do that. I got sidetracked with the alone trips. My ears were like, What's that? <laughs> Going back to the fragrances, you mentioned that they're clean fragrances. Can you talk a little bit about what, what that means? Yeah, for me, it was interesting when I found out I was pregnant, I started researching and doing, you know, all the things you do when you find out you're pregnant, just making sure you're not putting things in your body that can harm your baby. And I was shocked and so saddened by the fact that I couldn't use most of my cos cosmetics or fragrances. Um, and I was also very embarrassed that I didn't know that. I mean, I was in my thirties. I literally had no idea that all of the stuff that I was putting on me was harmful to me. 
And, you know, I was frustrated. I was upset about the fact that, you know, nobody was like watching over us and, you know, making sure that the things we're putting in our body are okay. You know, and then you realize, well, that's on you to kind of do your research and figure that out. And so when I knew I was going to start a fragrance company, there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to be a, a clean fragrance company. A, because I struggled with infertility and I would never want to give somebody a product that could possibly harm them. And B, I wanted my fragrances to be something that, you know, pregnant women could use and be proud and confident using it, um, you know, as a way to create memories around, you know, the beautiful moments and the times that they're in. That's fantastic. I am someone who is absolutely into sustainable, clean living. And when I found that out, that just made me even more excited about, about your product and the company that you're building. I'm going to take us back a little bit to, to 2017, 2018 during that time. So you mentioned the support system, you mentioned um, therapy and how beneficial those were. What other ways did you find the courage and confidence to not only get, get out of that hard place, but move forward with your business. And the reason I ask, I work with clients who they, they haven't gone through a tragic situation like that, but that fear to start a business and take that step is still there. Do you think your situation made it easier in a way to kind of do that because it was kind of therapy? A hundred percent. I think, like I said before, I was in a corporate job for almost 20 years. I think it was 17 years after, you know, before I had finally left to go all in on entrepreneurship. Um, and it was scary to walk away from something that was steady, something that was known. Um, and so for me, the, the experience that I went through, it was tragic, but it woke me up to the realization that life is short and not guaranteed. And the thought of not ever going after my dreams was way scarier than the thought of failing. I mean, and you know, you sit down and you, I ta was talking through it with my husband and I'm like, I don't know why I was so scared for so long. Like I, if I have the skill set and I work really hard in my corporate job, let's say worst case scenario comes true and the entrepreneurship thing doesn't work out, I can always go back and get a job. Like it, you make it so much worse in your own head. Um, and for me, it was the thought of never going after my dreams. And like in 40 years from now, looking back and being so disappointed and saddened that I didn't go after it when I had the chance. What would you share with specifically women who are in that place, who are thinking to take that step into entrepreneurship and maybe not even full-time, just kind of start something on the side? What advice or message would you have for them? Just start, just start anywhere. Even if it's literally, for me, I had you know the notes in my iPhone. I literally had a whole section on my business. And you know, once a week I would go in there and just write down ideas. And then, you know, once a week I would literally have a little to-do checklist on the things that I wanted to slowly check off in order to kind of make my way towards making that dream a reality. And so for me, it was, you know, diving into finding a resource to help me do packaging. It was, you know, taking a, a simple class on perfumery to learn the art of perfumery and to, to make sure this was something that I was really invested in doing. Even if it's just listening to a couple different podcasts to help you get inspired or excited, just even going to a networking group of women, other women who have started their own businesses. It's just those tiny little steps. That's all you need to do is just baby steps. Just get started doing one little thing at a time and it'll, you'll eventually just get so excited. You won't be able to stop. That, that is spot on. Start small, but take some action. 
Can you talk a little bit about how your business is, is structured? Do you have a team? Is it just you? Because I, I do think when people are thinking about starting their own thing, the whole idea is so big and so scary that it's hard initially to decide what those baby steps and small steps are. So maybe by giving some clarity about how different businesses are set up that can make them a little more confident as they move forward. So for me, I started doing everything on my own, I would say for the first six months, just to kind of learn and put together a plan of what I needed help on in order to actually get this business off the ground. So I sat down and really kind of did inventory of what my skill set is. An example of that is I'm very good at the operation side of business. Like I can get a business, especially a product-based business off the ground, up and running, because I've been in retail for 17 years. I am awful at marketing and social media. It is just not a skill set of mine. And so I knew that the amount of time it would take me to create monthly scheduling posts and create all the beautiful artwork and photography around that would take me so much more time that I just wouldn't be able to do it. And I started my business, Kayla Gray, as a side hustle. I was working full-time and did it for 18 months. I was working literally full-time days and then working on Kayla Gray on nights and weekends. And so I started by myself those first six months. After the first six months, I realized I needed help if I was going to get this business anywhere. And so I hired um, a marketing team really just to manage my social media for me. So they took off that, they took that off of my plate so that I was able to focus on other things in the business. But I think it just depends. I think for me, my advice would be to figure out what your skill set is, whether or not you have the funds to invest in somebody else to help you with your business. Um, and whether or not the things that you're not good at will take up so much of your time that you won't be able to move the business forward. Um, but like I said, baby steps, it's just, it, that sounds like a lot of work, uh, but really it, it is just baby steps. Just get going, just get moving. You'll start to figure things out slowly. You mentioned that you were working the corporate job while you started your side hustle. At what point did you decide I'm, I'm going all in to Kayla Gray? So I created a, um, like a yearly sales plan. And I knew that if I hit my first six months of sales goals, that I was going to leave my job. Um, and I did. And I was like freaking out about it, sitting down, talking to my husband, like, are we really prepared for me to lose my salary? Like for me to go all in? Cause I, you know, I'm not going to be paying myself for the first year, two, three years. It just depends, you know, how the business goes. Uh, Cause most of the time, new businesses reinvest money and back into the business. You don't pay yourself for a while. Um, You know, and sitting down talking to my husband, he was like, this is what we said we were going to do. We're going to go for it. And so, yeah, we did after, after I launched my business. um, It was six months after that launch that we consistently hit our sales goals every month. And we made that commitment and I went all in and it was extremely scary and been the most amazing thing at the same time. What have been some of your favorite things about working for yourself? Oh, the freedom. Um, for me, freedom of time. Like I, I, I go back to Wisconsin every year for the 4th of July. And this last, um, this last July, so really just a few weeks ago, um, my stepmom had an accident and broke a few bones. Um, she had a bike, biking accident and broke, broke a few bones. And the fact that I was able to be there and I could even extend my time there to help her out while still working full-time in my entrepreneurship job, or even just take a break, was so 
it just gave me all the reassurance that I was on the right path and I was doing the right thing. And for me, the most exciting thing about entrepreneurship and working for yourself is the freedom. Um, it is the freedom to decide when you work, how much you're going to work um, and who you're going to work with and what your brand means, what the, what the meaning behind your brand means. Um, freedom and all those things is a really beautiful thing. What have been some of the challenges about working for yourself? Freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Same exact thing, right? Like figuring out where you should be focusing your time, figuring out where you should be reinvesting your money, figuring out who you need to hire for help. You are literally doing everything yourself as an entrepreneur. And so, you know, you need to hire hire quickly, um, fire quickly if somebody's not working out for you. Um, and just, it's a lot, it's overwhelming. You can burn yourself out very, very quickly. I'm somebody that has always loved to work. So I would work 24 hours a day if I didn't have a family here to kind of pull me back in and say, hey, you know, time to hang out with us. Um, it can be overwhelming and the burnout is real. And so, yeah, I had talked about my alone trips earlier. Those are even more important to me now than ever before, um, just in order to give myself some some self-love and self-care. Let's talk about time management. There are people who are not working for themselves who struggle with time management. Have you found a system that works for you? And if so, how did you discover that? Yeah, I've, I took so many different, you know, listen to podcasts and things like that. And a lot of people suggest time blocking. So on Monday, you know, you create a specific day of week in order to get specific things done within those days of week. And I would say, of the time that works for me. So if I dedicate, you know, my Mondays to reviewing social content and approving and getting that off, that's great. And then Tuesdays, you know, I kind of do backend operations things. Wednesdays, I'm digging into PR. So for me, it's really taking a day a week and kind of dedicating it to a specific set of tasks. Um, But for me, always allowing like my Thursdays and Fridays to kind of be open and free thinking a little bit to do networking, to go meet and chat with people. Um, locally here in my city. And then also, I think if you structure your time too much, and you're literally time blocking, like every single hour within your day, it it kind of takes the creative space away. um, And it makes it a little bit hard for you to pivot quickly when needed to. And so I do a mix of both, both time blocking for the first part of my week, and then spend the second half of my week a little bit open so that the creativity can come. That's fantastic. I think it's really great when we can share tactical tips with people whether it works or not, it's something to try instead of just that, oh, time management, try it. Well, what does that yeah. mean? What does that really mean? What is yeah. time management? Totally agree. And I actually use Trello a ton. So like within Trello, I'll have little boards that represent every single day and then tasks that I need to get done within each of those boards. Um, it really kind of helps rein in my, you know, your wild entrepreneurship brain that has 50,000 different things in it that need to get done at any given point in time. So for me, that's an actual tool that I use all of the time as well. Did you discover any, any strengths that you didn't know you had during this, this journey over the past several years? Um, it was interesting. I, yes. So I've been in retail for over 17 years. Um, and I didn't know that I knew how to start a product-based business as easily is not the right word because it's definitely not easy, but I didn't realize how much of a skill set I actually had to get a product-based business off the ground. Um, So much so that people have been asking for me to help consult them and launching their own product-based businesses. And so I was pretty proud of the fact that I was like, I actually know what I'm doing. I can actually help other people do this. And so that was a strength that I definitely um, never even thought about until I actually started doing it and people started asking. So that was actually pretty exciting. 
That is exciting. It's always good to have that light bulb moment where things click and you go, oh yes, that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Going back to, to your, to your story, to your journey, do you ever find yourself being asked by other women? How, how did you get through this or offering advice for other women who may have gone through a similar type of loss? Yeah, I think it's quite a lot, actually. Um, I think one thing that I've been really wanting people to learn, especially women who have gone through infertility issues is that you're not alone. Um, the more I talk about my story and my struggles, it, it really shocks me to hear how many women relate and feel so incredibly lonely throughout their journey and their process. Um, friends and family are always, of course, there to help and support, but unless you've gone through it yourself, it's really kind of hard to relate. Um, and honestly, the, the first few weeks after a loss, uh, when the daily support text calls fade because your friends and family have kind of moved on to, to their lives, um, the people that have experienced the loss are still kind of stuck with it. Like it doesn't go anywhere. It's still there and they need to work through and process it. And so I find that the more that I talk and share my experience, women feel less alone and less shame around their experiences as well. Um, and they realize that the fact that they're still hurting while everybody else has kind of moved on is perfectly normal. Um, and that there are other people that are going through the exact same thing. Obviously everyone's coping mechanisms are going to be different. And I know the business was a big part of how, how you healed and how you are healing. Are there any other strategies or tactics that you share with, with people to try to get through some of those tough, tough times? Yeah, I always, I always suggest therapy. I think having somebody neutral to talk to, to kind of help neutralize some of the emotions or help you process through some of the emotions is really um, really valuable and really helpful. And uh, journaling was huge for me just to kind of get my thoughts out of my brain and, and onto paper. It also helped me go back and help me see how far I actually have come working through my grief. And then one thing that really helped me was um, distractions, not the right word because you, you need to process through the emotions and the, you know, and everything. But I think something that really helped me was a new project uh, to throw myself into something creative, to learn something new, um, to try something different. And so I would suggest anybody who's going through a loss or, you know, something hard that they're working through, um, try something that excites you. Just try something new and try something different to kind of shift your mindset a little bit. Are there any um, support groups or online communities or anything that you found in that space that has worked for you? Yeah, for me, I actually found a couple of different um, Facebook groups, actually, that of women that had suffered ectopic pregnancies that ectopic pregnancies are a very small percentage, I think it's like 1% of 1% um, that it actually happens to. And so for me, it was, you know, it was different than a miscarriage, it was different than some of the other infant loss that I have, you know, groups that I had felt um, and so it, it really was like finding other women that were going through the exact same thing to connect with. And even there were days I didn't feel like sharing, but just reading and hearing the way that they were sharing was really important to me. Um, so yeah, I found a bunch of different groups, whether it was through Facebook groups, whether it was through Googling, there's a ton of nonprofits out there, depending on, you know, the, the actual, um, the type of issue that you're dealing with or for me, it was the type of infertility that I was dealing with. There's so many women out there willing to talk and help and just share their experiences. So connection is huge. Yes, absolutely. That, that place to share your story and knowing that yeah. you're not alone. Exactly. Absolutely. If you could go back in time to six ish years ago, what advice would you give yourself? 
Um, for me, it would be to really take a pause within your days and look around you. Um, for me, it was, you know, taking in the beauty of wherever you're at in that moment. Uh, a lot of times now I'll, I'll go for a walk and I'll literally just stop and look up at the sky and kind of look at the trees around me and just see how beautiful life is and that we often move so quickly through life that we don't see the beauty around us. Um, I always share the story of me being at my parents' house. We we're having a big family dinner and all of us rushing around, you know, trying to get the meal ready and make sure the kids were okay. And, you know, I, I, I stopped literally in the middle of that day and turned around and I looked and saw my two nephews in the corner giggling so hard. I mean, they were laughing so hard and it was, I just literally stopped and started cracking up because they were just having the most exciting time over. I mean, it was like a truck or something they were laughing about, but I literally would have missed the joy in that moment. And, you know, hearing that laughter, had I not stopped and just like looked around me for a moment. And so I always say that I also want Kayla Gray products to be a reason that people take pause in whatever moment that they're in, whether it's spritzing your perfume on in the morning and kind of setting an intention for that day um, or lighting a candle at the end of your day to you know, to signify that the sun is setting and it's time to kind of get ready for some rest. Um, and so for me, it's really pausing. That's what I would tell myself to go back six years ago, because if you don't pause in a moment, like that moment will never become a memory and you're not going to remember it. And that uh, kind of makes me sad because there's so many things that we miss throughout our days. What differences have you noticed in your life now that you started pausing more? How much more enjoyable my days are. Um, I used to get real caught up in, you know, little things that would stress me out or drama of deadlines and to-do lists and things like that. And I don't know, I feel like my days are longer. The days are a little bit slower. Um, I take my time throughout my days, but I still have the exact same number of hours in a day. It just feels very, very different now that I'm starting to pause a little bit more. I love that. That's great advice for anyone to take. Pause and appreciate life and what's going on around us. Absolutely. So we've been talking about scents. What is your favorite scent? So I created petals for myself uh, because like I said, I was really looking for a floral that smelled super clean, like fresh laundry. And so um, petals is, it's hard to say you have a favorite, but petals is the one that I find myself wearing the most often. Um, you know, I also layer petals in water a lot. And then I'm working on um, a couple of new seasonal scents that I'll layer on top as well. Um, the Cozy's our number one seller. And then Hearth is definitely the number one seller over the holiday season. I can see or smell why, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the holiday season because of those scents. What memory does petals take you back to? Petals takes me back to almost... To me, petals kind of shows the way that I have kind of evolved over the last five, six years or so. It's kind of, um, I have changed and evolved so much. And you know how I talk about taking a pause in moments. And for me, that scent is what brings me back to all of the different moments in my life that I was trying to move through kind of quicker than I probably needed to. Um, and so for me, when I spritz my petals on in the morning, it's kind of, like I said, I, I take a moment and I pause and I set my intention for that day. Um, and so petals is the scent that always kind of brings me back to myself. That's fantastic. One of the questions I have has to do with confidence. When do you feel the most confident? 
I would say with my husband, um, I feel fully myself. I feel seen, I feel supported, I feel loved and cherished. Um, I, after I launched Kayla Gray, I think the amount I was able to accomplish was really incredible too. And so I feel really proud of that as well. Uh, so both really the fact that um, I was able to launch a business and just being around my husband helps me feel less confident. You mentioned the holiday sense and some other things you have in the works. What, what is next for Kayla Gray? What is the, the next step? So next step is we're launching two seasonal fragrances in October of 2021. And then we'll start to do um, quarterly scent releases. They'll be limited edition. We're just going to do one production run and the scent is going to be gone, which I'm super excited about uh, to kind of breathe new life into the brand um, and bring, you know, bring new beautiful scents and memories out there for people. We'll continue with our core four forever. Those, those will be around forever. Um, and then we're going to start to expand into more bath and body products. So I'm really excited for that to launch this fall as well. How can people find you? Uh, people can find us on our website, which is kaylagray.com. It's C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y.com or on Instagram at kaylagrayco. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Graceful Confidence podcast. If you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, please go ahead and share it with them. Encourage them to like and follow this podcast so they know when new episodes are launching. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon.